Easy people, what the hell is going down? Hey, welcome to your martial arts and combat sport fix with this new edition of Chin Check. So this week we're looking at USB, UFC on ESPN5, Covington v Lawler. Um, there's week seven of Dana White's contender series. And we also look at one championship's Dawn of Heroes event, which had Demetrius Johnson and the return of Eddie Alvarez. So, um, yeah, enjoy, people. Okay, so UFC on ESPN 5 Covington v Lawler is done. And um, leading into this event coming from the Prudential Center in New New uh, Newark, New New uh, Newark, New Jersey. Very hard to say. Yeah, that's the reason. Um, going into this fight, the big thing was: would we get a um? A legitimate title contender from the winner. That was the big thing. If Covington wins, he gets a shot at Usman. If Lula wins, he positions himself very much back in the mix. But the problem with a Lula win, who then gets the shot? Do you know what I mean? That's the big thing. Like, who gets... The legitimate shot if Lawler wins. So yeah, it was a good fight card. And um Oh man, it was so interesting. <clears throat> With some great fights. Like on the uh on the I think it was the early prelims. Yeah, the early prelims. We had Lauren Murphy against a Maria Romero. Brilia. And this was such an intriguing fight because so Murphy's been out for a while and um like she's only lost four fights. Only lost four fights, but you don't really think of her as a um contender in a flyweight division. But um yeah, M- Maria was um you know, she was looking good. She was looking really good in her fights in the UFC. And she came out strong. Came out really strong. I think completely dominated Murphy in the first round. And starting off in the second round, she was looking good. But then, like, Murphy kind of put things together, which her corner said to her. You know, pressuring, throwing more combinations. And once she started putting pressure on Maria, that seemed to be it. Maria, like, I think she probably used up a lot 
of energy in the first round, which was problematic because, yes, yeah, second round, you could see that there was a drop. And it didn't seem that she knew what to do once the pressure was being put on her. And um, I think Murphy was landing some good body shots uh, and everything like that. So come the third round, Murphy just landed up like she was hitting with knees. I think the knees really started the decline. And and she landed a good knee to the head. Mario was like dazed. She landed um, another straight. She went down some ground power. It was done. And it was crazy because you wouldn't have thought Murphy was winning this fight. So, yeah, that was a great win for Murphy. Then you had Matt Schnell against Jordan Espinosa on the preliminary card. And I think people forget that Matt Schnell, when he came on the Ultimate Fighter, he was coming in as a champion of a, another organization. Yes, granted, it was a smaller organization. It wasn't the UFC, but he was a champion. It was the, it was the season where they brought in all the champions to find a um, legitimate challenger for Demetrius Johnson. And so, like, you know, I think Schmel got a bit slept on a little bit. I think he lost a couple. But, um... Yeah, of late, he seems to have really put everything together. And, man, he he got a great win. It was a submission win against Jordan. Um, yeah, it was great. It was, it was a really good fight for Schnell. And I think it, it kind of puts Schnell up in the mix. Like, Yes, he, he doesn't get a title shot, but he 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 could legitimately fight someone in the top five next, top ten, top five, and see what happens. I think two more wins, he could be up there for a title shot, you know, depending on the opponents. We then had Antonio, Antonia Shevchenko against Lucy Polovova. Um, another really good fight, Shevchenko, yo, it was her last fight against, um, Modafferi, like, she wasn't, she looked off, she looked off, didn't look like she could handle the takedowns, but this fight, man, she came out looking like a completely different fighter, she was landing good combinations, good leg kicks, and, like it started off and and she was really putting it to um put put over but then oh my god to the end of the first round put over coming out of a clinch landed oh a phenomenal elbow of Shevchenko and you could see Shevchenko was legitimately stumbled, she was shook, she didn't go down, but she was shook, um, Padova took her down, uh, but couldn't really do much to her, landed a little bit of ground and pound, but, you know, not a huge amount, 
But it was just like from a fight that you thought Shevchenko was easily winning, thought Padova was coming back. Oh, but then Shevchenko, like, she's on the ground. She she gets an armbar. And my God, the armbar was tight. The armbar was tight. You thought it was done. Thought it was done. But, um, man, the women have just another level of flexibility. It's, it's crazy. Like, things that you, you see guys tap to. The, yeah, the girls, I don't even know why. But, yeah, they've got this extra little flexibility. And Pullover was able to survive it, which, which was crazy was crazy, but, um, yes, yeah, so second round starts, Shishenko, like, she's got her wits back, and, yeah, she's putting it back on Padova, putting it back on her, and, um, she manages to get her down, and, ah, uh, landed a, a great, I was such a, 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 a phenomenal, um, yeah, I think it was a rear naked. I was it was a really good submission. And no yeah, it was a rear naked. And oh my god, like I think it was Herb Dean and Man, it was a little bit of a late stoppage, but you could see how it was hard to tell because when Shevchenko stretched her out, yeah, it was a bit like, oh, is that is is she you know, is she out or or is her arm just going down? Because she was right on the ground. But yeah, she, God damn it, Shevchenko just it was a, a a sweet submission, man. So the um, headline fight of the prelims was Mickey Gull against Salam Tuhiri, and this was a, a such a better goal than his fight against Sanchez. So before the you know before this fight, the talk was that he'd hit the ground, hit the pavements with his sister working on his cardio, and you could definitely see that his cardio was vastly improved, vastly improved from the Diego fight. Going into the third though, he was still tired. I mean, both fighters were tired. There was you know they had fought at a good pace, there was a lot of clinch work, a lot of grappling, so like a takedown attempts and things like that, Um, so you could see how, you know, they could be tired, you could see that, Um, and, and Gold got a good victory, it was a hard fought, well I think he, he won the first two rounds, the third round, third round was tighter, but I, I'd probably say he'd won that as well. After the fight, though, like, look, I give him props for doing it. I don't know if it's the right move, because he called out Sanchez again, wanting to, you know, avenge that loss. I can understand, but. Yo, he he still don't have the cardio for that fight. 
he still doesn't have the cardio for that fight. Because Sanchez didn't look great against Guida. But he didn't look tired at the end. That's the big difference. And Gaul, hey, he fought well. He's put in work. But he looked friggin' tired come the end of this fight. You know what I mean? So, I can understand why he wants it back. But I don't think... don't think he's ready for... Uh, that Sanchez gas tank quite yet. Um, so main f- main card. Um, first fight. Mm, I don't know. So he had Darko Stoichkik against Kedney Kennedy Nunchiku. Um, now. Kedney's last fight was against Paul Craig, and he just kind of shit the bed in that fight. He was winning, but just kind of gave it away. Just because he has a weird thing where he doesn't engage a lot. So he might be winning a fight. He might land some good strikes and whatnot, but he doesn't. Then he just doesn't engage for ages. Uh but this fight, I have to say, you could see the improvement. You could see that work had been done. And he he's looking to throw combinations. He was throwing some leg kicks. He you know, he was he was growing. And that's what you want to see from these young fighters. You want to see growth, especially when they're coming off a loss. Now could he still do more? Yes, he could definitely still do more. He could definitely push a little bit more, throw a bit more, you know? Like, there was vast improvements, but he could still do more. Probably work on his stamina a bit as well. Now, thing with this fight, Darko, yo... He 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 landed so many groin shots. So he landed, I think it's probably four, maybe five. Three got called. And so he lost two points. Two points off. He lost two points off groin shots. Which, like one in each round, right? One in the first, one in the second. So straight away, he's lost those two rounds. Straight away, he's lost those two rounds, right? So, at the end of the fight, at the end of the fight, and also, so, in I think it was, um, gosh, I think it was the third fight, third round, no, the second round. So, he landed a groin shot, and um, before that shot, he, like, Kennedy had put work to him, had got him tired, he was fatigued, but because of the stop, because of the pause for the groin shot, coming back, he'd got his breath, you know what I mean, he'd he'd managed to recoup a bit, which, you know, you think, ah, that's a bit fucked up, kind of feel that if you land a groin shot, 
like your opponent can recuperate, but you should be made to run on the spot or something. You know what I mean? Just to kind of even it out. Like you shouldn't be able to rest. So you just have to do jumping jacks, something. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. So in the third, the third round was closer, and you could see Stoic knew that he had to get a finish. But still, Kennedy did well. He held him off. He did well. When the decision was called, it was so weird because Stoic acted like he had been legitimately robbed, just robbed of a of a win, and it's just like. Son, you landed two groin shots. What the fuck? You lost two points. What did you think was going to happen here? You crazy motherfucker. Um, so, yeah. Next fight, Scott Holtzman against Dong Hoing Ma. Oh, my God. This was a war. This was a straight-up war. It was crazy. Now, Holtzman put Ma down. In the first round with a, a beautiful, just um, fainted shot. Like, stepped back, looking like he was retreating. Then came forward with, um, you know, the straight right. Put Ma down. And then Holtzman was able to get on top. Didn't do a lot on top. You know, it looked like he was he was going for the um, Von Flu. But, um, yeah, he, 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 nothing, like, none of them were really that close, to be honest. And he didn't really land any ground and pound. But, um, yeah, then Mar got up and... Yeah, from, from, you know, the next round was very um, back and forth. They were landing. They were landing. He hurt Holtzman a, a, two or three times. Put him down once. So this was a close fight. A really close fight. But as the second round is going, Mars' eye is shutting. From that first, that punch he took in the first round, his eye was just closing up, closing up. End of the second round, completely shut, completely shut. So you knew this was getting stopped. So yeah, the, the, the doctor stopped it. Holtzman got the um, technical, and that was a technical knockout, right? But um, yeah, it, it was a doctor stoppage. Uh, but yeah, it was a, such a close fight, such a close fight, uh, so the next fight, so these fights, not bad fights really, well, I mean, the ultimate fight, the first fight, Stoizek Nugatukri was a bit, eh, but the Holtzman fight, Ma, that was really good, we then had Trevon Gills against Gerard Marshak. This was such a weird fight. It was such a weird fight. Because neither were really engaging. Neither was really doing anything. It was just odd. It was really odd. Like, coming into the third round, to be honest, I don't even know who was winning. Because, you know... 
just not much was getting done. I think Merchat had taken Gills down a few more times. So you could probably say he was winning it. But, yeah, it wasn't great. To be fair, this was not a great fight. And, um, yeah, but... You know, get close to the third, to the end of the fight in that third round, Murshot was able to get the submission, and um, yeah, and win. But it it just wasn't wasn't a great fight. It really wasn't, and it's so odd because Murshot is a really talented fighter but in his last few fights he just hasn't really put anything together in there so i i don't know i don't know what's going on with him i kind of feel that maybe seeing a sports psychiatrist could could be beneficial but i think he needs to do something yeah okay so next up was Joachim Silva v. Nasarat Hagaras Hagskarat. Um yeah, butchered that. But god damn it, this was definitely needed after that last fight because this was whoo yo, this was crazy. This fight was crazy. Both both were like trying both but you know what I mean both were coming forward but Nasarat was landing the cleaner shots Nasarat was the what the the sharper looking fighter in there you know like silver you know what I mean Joaquin didn't look bad but he was always second with the shots you know what I mean he 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 was the one on the back foot here, and ah, uh, it was just a bit like whoever lands cleanly could be taking this. So in the second round, oh my god, yeah, I think it, it was right. Whoever landed cleanly, a was walking away with this win, and yo, it was Nazareth. Because yeah, he he was just pushing more. He was a bit more decisive. He was the fighter landing first, and he landed oh a beautiful over um yeah o- over the top right. Just woo! I put Wakim out. God damn it! It was it was. Oh, it was a vicious punch, man. It's a vicious punch. Was uh, definitely good. And yeah, Nasarat is, is definitely a problem in the uh, lightweight division. You know what I mean? You can imagine a lot of people thinking to themselves, I don't really want a piece of that. You know? So it'll be interesting to see who he's matched up against next. Um,. Yeah, I mean, look, we don't have to rush him, but yeah, I mean, you you definitely have to up the competition a bit more. 
So we're now going in the co-main event, which was, um, yeah, a battle between two of the um, two of the veterans in this game, man. You know what I mean? Jim Miller and Clay Guida. And we saw Guida recently just put it on um, Diego Sanchez. And also Miller. You know, I mean, Miller came off a really impressive um, submission victory in his last fight. So, you know what I mean? Both veterans, but both coming off great performances in their last outings. So it was just like, oh, who can take this fight, man? Because, you know, I mean, Guida just doesn't stop. Like, Miller's a grinder and he's got a great ground game. So it's a bit like, oh, this this could, this is going to be a tight one. This is interesting, and god damn it, we were not disappointed. Hey, it didn't go long, but it was a great freaking fight. It really was. So out the gate, Guida lands a great hook of Miller. Miller's dazed. Miller is dazed. Um, problem was, so, Guida comes in, Guida comes in on him, his guard is down slightly, it's not fully down, but it's down slightly, which gave an perfect opening for, um, Miller, who then lands his own overhand on, um, on Guida, Guida's now dazed, Miller just grabs the neck and goes for a guillotine, and, um, yeah, yo, sink that one in nicely, do you know what I mean, oh man, and it was done, it was done, because, god damn it, it was tight. It looked so friggin' tight. And again, Herb Dean. It was a bit like... <sighs> you could say it was a difficult call. But there's a there's a point where you just think... Look, the, the, the way the arm... The, the way the arm kind of dropped... He was... I thought he was clearly out. So, like, it wasn't uber late. But it was a little late was a little late, but, uh, yeah, it was a great win for Jim Miller, it really was, hey, you're just kind of like, hey, may maybe it was the Lyme disease, you know what I mean, and now he's kind of got a handle on it, like, yeah, he's old, but, hmm, what could he be doing, so, hey, look, do I think Jim Miller can, can go on a title run, no, no, I don't think, but I would say he can put on some goddamn good fights. So, hey, match him up with the right people. Yo, got some fun going on there. You know what I mean? Got, got some fun. Maybe a fight against like Dennis Seaver. You know, that could be that could be a good one. Like Nick Lentz once he's fought BJ. Yeah, they, they could all be good fights. So, um, who knows, right? 
who knows but yeah i think Lillard's probably got a few fights left in him he did say oh ufc 300 isn't that far away no i think i definitely don't want him seeing him fight that long because ufc 300 is not that close we you know, we've we've got ufc 241 241 in a couple of weeks so you, you you think how many pay-per-views there are a year we are a good probably four five years away from ufc 300 so no i do not want to see miller fighting that long that would be ridiculous but yes he does have like he, maybe a couple more years with the right fights but as, as soon once he has one bad loss though i think that's it he needs to go but right now he's doing all right so yeah let, let's see what the fuck happens right so but now we've got the main event so it's colby covington against robbie lawler there was beef going to this because robbie used to train at american top team he left i can't even remember why he left but he left american top team now covington was all about yo I'm I'm I've got to beat Robbie for American top top team for Dan Lambert all of that so we had that but but Robbie didn't want to get involved with any of the trash talk so it was just like what was going to happen and the way Lola looked going into the Askarin fight oh my god he looked in phenomenal shape. So you were just like, if that Robbie Lawler comes out, yo, this could be interesting. This could be interesting. Thing was, yeah, that he didn't look as, you know, he didn't look like he was in as good a shape as he was for the Askarin fight. So that was the first thing that kind of jumped out to me. I was a bit like, oh, okay. Hmm. Well, yeah, let, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. And um, ain't the fight went, it, you know, it started off how you thought it would start off. So Cummington was relentless on the takedowns. You know, those the, for the first two rounds, he was swarming Robbie on the takedowns. And, um, yeah, getting them. Getting them, for the most part. You know, Ro- Robbie couldn't seem to stop them. And it's a, which was a funny one, because, you know, I think we've, we've seen Robbie have a far better um, takedown defense to what he had, what he showed in this fight, you know, so that was a bit like, ah, okay, okay, yeah, we, we seem better, but, yeah, I guess, um, and Covington was, was, was throwing out, like, these pitter-patter shots, pitter-patter one-twos, just pistoning, pistoning that arms out there, you know, they weren't hard, but it was just a constant stream. A bit like the Diaz brothers, you know, or anyone from that scrap pack. 
So just boom, 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 takedown, boom, 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 takedown. And he was doing this. Now, Lawler was getting up from the takedowns. He was getting up, but you could see that this could be wearing on him. You could see that. Now, third round, third round onwards, I'd say Lawler was able to stop a lot of the takedowns going forward. So he was able to stop a lot of the takedowns. But, and this was the odd thing, Lawler wasn't really throwing. He just wasn't really throwing. And, and it was strange. So, like, yeah, Covington, those first two rounds, he was taking him down, he was landing shots, and he was moving forward. In the third round, Lawler was able to stop a lot of the takedowns. But Covington was still coming forward. Still coming forward, still throwing the shots. Which you were just like, what? I don't know what Robbie's doing. Don't know what Robbie's doing. Now, he he was, you know, avoiding shots. So this is the thing. Lawler was avoiding shots. So he's using good movement to get out of the way of stuff. But he wasn't countering with anything. He just he wasn't really doing anything. He was throwing the occasional shot. But that was it. There was no real combinations. There was nothing. He wasn't taking the center of the ring. And it, you you were just scratching your head. So in the second round, I mean so in the fourth round, fourth and fifth round, Lula started to come forward more. Started to come forward more. And when he did land on Covington, you could see that the punches were effective. You know? Like, his punches that were landing were kind of moving Covington back a bit more. Stopping him on his tracks a bit more. Uh, I mean, over the shots Covington was landing on him. But... Still not throwing big combinations. You know, still, it was just a a one and two, that's it. Still not really doing much. Fifth round. Fifth round. And it's just like, okay, Lola needs to knock Covington out here. Otherwise, it's done. Otherwise, it's done. Still. Lawler just wasn't doing anything, wasn't doing, wasn't throwing combinations, wasn't, just wasn't doing anything, he's moving forward, he's using head movement, avoiding punches, he's stopping the takedowns, but he's just not throwing anything, you get, then get, minute left, you're thinking, okay, maybe he is pacing himself, and now he's gonna just throw balls at the wall, Really go for it. No. Nope. Didn't do it. Didn't do it. 30 seconds left. You're like, all right, maybe he's going to turn it on now. Nope. 10 seconds left. 10 seconds left. Lawler didn't really... 
I don't think he threw one punch in the last 10 seconds. Moved forward, didn't throw any punches. It was the weirdest performance from Robbie Lawler. The weirdest performance. Like, the Dos Anjos performance was an odd one. This, this made that look normal. It was it was so weird. It was it was just so weird. Now I'm not taking anything away from Covington. I think it. They said Covington threw like six hundred punches. Six hundred punches in this fight. Yeah, he moved forward. He he was able to impose his will, get the takedowns, all of that, all of that. But you were just like. Lawler just didn't really show up. He just didn't show up. And yes, Cummington threw like 600 shots. None of those 600 shots were like groundbreaking shots. They weren't great shots. Cummington doesn't have, he's got adequate stand up. He hasn't got great stand up. So you'd have fought against someone like Lawler who has very good stand up. Lawler could impose his will, you know, just didn't happen, it was a bizarre, bizarre fight, then after the fight, I don't even know what the fuck is up with Covington, like, yes, he wants to be a heel, he wants to play the bad guy, but he made the weird comment about Matt Hughes getting hit by the train, that you're just like, what the fuck are you saying? And it's just, it wasn't smart. Because, look, Covington had just had a great performance. Saying something like that, you're just going to alienate yourself. So, I'm yo, I don't know if he's going to face any fine for it or any sanction. But, you know, someone should take him aside and go, listen, Kobe... Look, we understand you want to be the bad guy, you want to be the heel, but look, there's no need for shit like that. Because that was the thing, he didn't need to say it. He'd won. He'd won the fight. And what the fuck has Matt Hughes got to do with the fight other than Matt Hughes is good friends with Robbie Lawler? It was just it was just weird, it wasn't needed. I don't fucking know. I really don't. But fuck, that's Covington for you, right? But yes, at least now we know Covington is going to fight um, Kamara Usman. Um, yeah. So who knows when that will be? Will they make it for MSG? I don't know. But look, MSG could probably work. But I think they've got fights. So, hey, end of year, man. That December card, that would be a good look, right? So, yeah, who who knows? We'll, we'll have to see injury-wise. Because Usman has, is, you know, he's coming off his injury. So, yeah, who knows? But we know that's the next fight. So, looking forward to that. Um, so, next week, UFC is going to Uruguay. Ooh, that should be fun. Um, and the fight card is looking 
looking kind of tasty. So we've got, um, yeah, Valentina. So Antonina's sister, the champ. Valentina Shevchenko is fighting Liz Carmouche, putting a title on the line. And it's a rematch. Yeah, it's a rematch. Carmouche won the first fight, but won the first fight on a doctor's stoppage. So, uh, you know, it, it wasn't like a, a, a clear-cut dominant performance or anything like that. But you know Shevchenko will want that back. So that's the headliner. Co-main event, Vicente Lupe against Mike Perry. Ooh. So, yeah, two very good fights, man. And... Hopefully, we will actually get to see Vulcan Uzumir against Latir Latifi. It's been cancelled and postponed a few times. But yeah, hopefully that fight will take place. That's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, there's some good fights. Tisha Torres is um, making a return. So she's fighting Marina Rodriguez. Alright, we got some good fights on the card, man. Yeah, I cannot wait. Cannot wait. But yeah, so next week, UFC fighting in Uruguay. So that's Saturday the 10th of August. So you will um, hear thoughts on that next Wednesday. So people, remember to check back. Alright? Cool. We will... uh, Speak with you then. Okay, so this weekend, I, I there was a big one championship event happening in Manila. And, um, yeah, I kept on hearing that you, you could find these to watch for free. So I thought, have a look. And, yeah, found it on YouTube. So I thought I'd check it out because... Eddie Alvarez was making his return to um, the uh, lightweight tournament. And Demetrius Johnson was fighting in the flyweight tournament. So, um, yeah. I figured, hey, it, this is a good ch- a good time to dip in. You know what I mean? See what the... Um, See what the talk's about. See how it kind of matches up and everything like that. So, um, yeah, there was, oh, there was quite a few bouts. There, yeah. So, there was um, the main, the main, um, the main card that featured um, a mixture of MMA and Muay Thai fights. Yeah, so I think it worked out that there was two Muay Thai fights on the main card and four MMA MMA fights. Um, yeah, it was all very it was all very interesting because you had um yeah, the two flyweight Grand Prix semi-finals and um then you had the one lightweight Grand Prix semi-final. Then there was the featherweight world championship fight. 
Then there was a flyweight Muay Thai championship fight. And um, just a bantamweight champion uh, Muay Thai fight. Um, now, I, I think... Oh, which ones to start with, really? I, yeah, I so I think... Like... The you know the Muay Thai the Muay Thai fight was interesting, uh, the first one, um, and that was Rod Rodlek. I'm not gonna even att- attempt the surname, but yeah, Rodlek against Andrew Miller, who was coming in as a um, late replacement, and Miller had, you know, he had the reach, he had the reach, but. I think his big problem was he he couldn't couldn't hold Rodlek off. You know his punches weren't stinging enough to stop Rodlek moving forward, and then um, yeah he got caught in the clinch. Like he had you know considering he was a late replacement, like it went to the third round, and I think Miller did fight well. But he just didn't have that power. So, um, yeah, Rodlek landed a really nice hook. Hook kind of uppercut in close, in the clinch, that knocked Miller out. Then there was um, Danny Kincaid against Reese McLaren. Which... Uh, see, this... This was an odd one for me because in the fight Reese McLaren had taken Kincaid down in the first two rounds in the first two rounds he'd managed to take Kincaid down and kind of control him on the ground there were some scrambles and stuff like that but it always ended on the ground with King with um McLaren like on Kincaid's back or on top. In the third round, Kincaid was able to land some shots and, and stuff like that. And so he probably finished on top. But I would have given the first two rounds to McLaren. So when this was given to Kincaid, I love it like, Oh, oh shit. Okay. Interesting. There's a little bias going on. Definitely a little bias. And and it was interesting because so the commentators were um Michael Chavello and um Mitch Chilson. Now, Chavello, he's a seasoned dude, you know what I mean? So, he's been around for ages, and he was pretty measured. But, I have to say, Chilson, Chilson's commentary was kind of, it was was very biased. Very biased. It kind of, I kind of felt. Um... And especially in this fight, and the odd thing is, usually when you're watching something and the decision is a bit questionable, that gets addressed. 
wasn't addressed, wasn't addressed at all. Like, no one brought up the fact that, all right, McLaren kind of controlled the first two rounds. Like, no one mentioned that at the end, which I was a bit like, yeah, that's a bit odd. So then it was um, the second flyweight uh, semi-final, and that was um, Tatsumitsui Wada, against Demetrius Johnson, and um, in the first round, Wada was able to um, get Johnson's back, and he he kind of controlled it, not that much ground and pound, not that much damage, like, he didn't really go for many submission attempts or anything like that. But Johnson, he he made lots of attempts to get out, and he did get out at the end. But you could probably go, okay, Wada won that first round. The next two rounds were probably Johnson's. You know, well, I mean, probably yes. He Johnson won the next two rounds. Um, like Wada did attempt some takedowns and stuff like that, but yeah, the the, the next two rounds were pretty much Johnson. Um, I I thought it was odd when, you know, I think Chilson was saying, "Oh yeah, Johnson." Like I think most people thought Johnson would have just steamrolled Wada and blah blah blah, and it's just like, well, like, well, if you break it down, Johnson didn't. He won some fights in the UFC with knockout. Not many. Like, it's not like he had a wealth of knockout victories. So, a lot of his victories were submissions and things like that. But a lot of his fights did go the distance. And if you're fighting someone in the semi-final of this Grand Prix, they can't be a walkover. Because what's that saying about the Grand Prix? So... The thought that Johnson should have just demolished Wada in the first round, I just seemed it seemed a bit odd to me. Um, the next fight was oh, but yeah, let's just say so. The flyweight um final is gonna be Demetrius Johnson against Danny Kincaid, and I believe that's happening in October. Their event in October. Um, so, yeah, the next fight is, um, it was the lightweight semi-final, and that was Edward Falang against Eddie Alvarez. And, um, yeah, I think both fighters were coming in after losses in the initial quarter in their quarterfinal bouts because the other fighters had suffered injuries, uh, and oh, this was, this was a crazy fight, so Falang came out, and he, he was throwing a lot of leg kicks, like, yeah, initially, you know, they were, like, I think, feeling each other out, then Falang's throwing a lot of leg kicks, one of those leg kicks puts Alvarez down, don't know what happened to his leg, but he just crumpled, went down. Falung then jumped on him, and he's throwing, like, punches. He's throwing a lot of punches, 
and you have to say it was kind of there were points when the referee might have jumped in and um stopped it might have jumped in and stopped it but he didn't and um Alvarez was able to kind of tie up for Lang who'd gone like into Alvarez's guard for ground and pound so he managed to tie it and then Alvarez swept him he did a really nice sweep got on top and then Alvarez is landing ground and pound Alvarez is kind of enforcing his will ground and pound for long covers up Alvarez then takes the back stretches him out sinks in the rear naked and uh yeah takes it with a win takes it with the submission win which was yeah I I think as soon as Alvarez went down it was just like oh he's done he's done so it was a crazy come from behind victory for Alvarez the the funny thing was when he got the win, he jumped up and it looked like he was moving fine on his leg. So, yeah, I mean, it's very curious to find out what actually happened. Because in the interview afterwards, there wasn't really any questions. No questions about the leg, the injury, nothing. The, some of the interviews after the fights, and especially it was the interviews with... The um, yeah, it was mainly Demetrius and Alvarez. They were very odd interviews, like the same questions that were asked to other fighters weren't asked to them. I don't know why. There was no translator. It was just a bit odd. Yeah, it, it was weird. But yeah, it'd be interesting to know what happened with his leg. So. Next up was the flyweight Muay Thai championship fight between um, Rod Tang Jimanjon, who is a challenger against the champion Jonathan Haggerty. Now, yeah, this was a weird fight. So it was five rounds. Now, the first two rounds were all Haggerty. He, he was controlling the distance, landing a lot of leg kicks, a lot of teats to the stomach, teats to the leg. A, bit, a, a kind of a la John Jones kind of thing. So, yeah, Haggerty won those two first two rounds clearly. In the third round, um, Rog Tang started to come back. Started to come back. And um, I, so the thing was, he Rod Tang had the heavier hands, and I think in the I think it was the third round he landed an overhand on Haggerty that put Haggerty down. So it seemed like a flash knockdown. Haggerty got back up straight away. Didn't seem shaky or anything like that. So then you go, okay, Hag, um, Rod Tang won the third round. Fine. Fourth round, um, yeah, fourth round was was close. Rog Tang was coming forward, but then Haggerty was still like 
controlling it with a lot of leg kicks. Like, he threw a couple of downward elbows. You know, so the fourth round was close. The fifth round... Fifth round... I would say Haggerty won the fifth round. Because... It was a weird one. And I think the commentators even said it. Because... After the way um, Rod Tang kind of was mounting a comeback. And, you know, as I said, look, the fourth round was close. And in the fifth round, so you're thinking, all right, so if Rod Tang continues like this with the power, who knows what's going to happen. But in the fifth round, Haggerty was able to kind of stamp his, his will back on the fight. He did that. And he, 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 um... Yeah, he, I feel he controlled it with his leg kicks, with his distance. He landed some good combination punches. There was a few elbows, stuff like that. Now, as I said, look, Rogtank was the heavier puncher. So he did land some punches, but Haggerty controlled the fifth round. So, it, so, you're, so on that account, Haggerty probably, uh, he definitely won three rounds, definitely run three, now Rod Tang definitely won the third, the fourth round is very close, it, it could have gone either way, could have gone either way, but even if it went to Rod Tang, Haggerty won that fight, right, Haggerty won that fight, and he's the champion, so a lot of times it's always felt that the challenger has to kind of take the bell, you know, which on the, watching this fight, Rog Tang didn't, he, he didn't, so it was, it was just crazy when it was announced and new, and it was just like, what? the fuck just happened there, it was crazy, but again, commentators didn't say a thing, so there was no, well, that was a crazy fight, now, they did say Haggerty fought well and everything like that, but it's just a bit like, you know, I would have thought, if you're watching in Another any other organization, you you kind of feel that the commentators would have been, whoa, Haggerty must feel upset because on all accounts it looked like he might have won that fight. Now it was very close, but I think money was probably on Haggerty winning that fight. But a fight as close as that, automatic re- rematch, right? There was no talk like that. It was just kind of heralded that Rogue Tang is this, uh, yeah, he he won it, kind of clearly won it, which was bizarre. It was very bizarre. But Haggerty took defeat well. He didn't kick up. He didn't do anything like that. But yeah, it, it, it was interesting. Very interesting. Uh, so then was the last fight of the night, the main event, and it was the featherweight world championship uh, with the challenger Kuyamu Muchamia. 
against Martin Nguyen. Um, yo, this was like the, the the interesting thing about this fight. So it went two rounds. The first round, um, Matsumiya was able to take Nguyen down. So he was able to take him down, um, and 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 continuously take him down. And kind of control that first round. So, yeah. You think... Yeah, Challenger won the first round. Second round, though... It was like all the takedowns and the takedown attempts... Had worn down Matshamir. As he looked very fatigued in the second round. Which enabled Nui Wen to impose his will and move forward he was able to sprawl and stop all the takedowns and just land big punches um and and just walk him and walk mention Mia down just walked him down landing punch after punch and eventually just wore him down wore him down Landed a big punch. Mitch and Mia went down. And Nui Wen just ground and pounded him. Until the referee jumped in. And stopped the fight. Uh, so yeah. Th- like this was. It was interesting. There was definitely some really good fights. Definitely some really good fights. Um, Yeah. There's just a few things. That were just a bit like. This. This is a bit, yeah, not, it was a bit frustrating. Like, as I said, look, some some of the decisions were very questionable and seemed to be biased towards um, certain fighters. So there was that. Then, um, like, they've got the lady that announced the Pride fights. Now... To be honest, I know a lot of people were huge fans. I was never a fan. I I just find her announcing style just kind of irritating. So there was that. And one did a lot of featurettes during the broadcast. Featurettes that are like, our fighters are superheroes and, and, and stuff like that. And then there was also these ones like, you know, where there was a little kid and she's going, oh, I look up to Angela Lee. She's a superhero to me. And then, an, then another guy was just like, oh, yeah, I look up to this fighter. And then an, an old guy was like, I look up to this fighter. And it was just this. And it was just a bit like, oh, God, this is so false. Like, their promos were just a bit too forced for my liking. I just wanted to watch the fights. So, yeah, I didn't want to watch these re- weird, forced, and long promos for one. So that, I found frustrating. Yeah, the commentary was kind of biased. The judging, kind of biased. The um, announcer woman, irritating. There was another two things that I found odd. So, it the you know it's fighter v fighter, but 
when they were announcing it, they were always announcing it like, oh, so this fight is from Australia. So it's Australia against Japan. And it's not Australia against Japan. It's a fighter against a fighter. But they'd announce it like it was a country against a country. Now, if it was like national teams, that's fine. But it wasn't. So that seemed very odd. And then during the broadcast, they'd announce it like, um, oh, so it's one championship coming from Manila and airing to two million. He was something like that. I, I forget the actual number. But let's just say two million potential viewers. And it's a bit like, wait, what are you doing? You can't say two million potential viewers. There's anyone can say that. Like any boxing event, any martial arts event can say, oh yeah, there's 20 million potential viewers. Which is, you know, it's false. That you like, it just seemed weird to announce this viewership that isn't confirmed, isn't real. And who gives a fuck? No one in the arena cares. Like, no one watching at home cares. Like, after the, after the fact, you can put out the viewing numbers. But while the event is going on, why are you putting out these weird figures? That just seemed really weird to me. That and all the glow sticks. Every like loads of people in the crowd had these glow sticks, and every time they showed cover coverage from previous events, it seems to be a thing. So I don't know if people buy them or they're handed out, but yeah, just these weird glow sticks that everyone has. It's definitely a different animal to um, the MMA that you're you know we're kind of used to watching. And I never got round to watching Pride, so I don't know how similar this is to that. Um, but yeah, as I said, look, the, the the fights were good. So hey, you know, I I, I mean, I'm definitely gonna check out the October event with the um with the finals for the uh, uh yeah the the tournaments on because it'll be interesting to see. If Johnson and Alvarez can take those belts, um, but yeah, you know, as it as it's all free and all, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll probably try and check out um, following events on YouTube. But yeah, we'll we'll see. But yeah, this was um, one championships dawn of heroes. Um, yeah, and I imagine it was probably gonna stay on YouTube. So. It is there if people want to watch it. Okay, so it's week seven of season three's Dana White's Contender Series. Another five fights. And um, yeah, there were some really good ones tonight. So the first fight of the evening saw Dwight Joseph against Jay Perrin. Uh, and I believe Jay was coming in as the favourite. This was this was a very back and forth fight. A very back and forth fight. Um, I mean, 
both started to look a bit tired after the first round. And I, I think one of the problems with with this one was um I I I, I think both could have shown better fight IQ. You know, there were moments when if someone had backed off and just thrown some leg kicks, you know, fainted a bit, they they could have got better rewards for the work that they were putting in. So yes, it, it was it was entertaining, but like straight away you could you know, you could pretty much guess that neither of these fighters win or lose would get into the UFC uh, so next up was Taylor Johnson against Andre Muniz and um, Muniz it was his second time on the contender series because he'd fought on um, the Brazilian version um, yo, this didn't make it out of the first round Hey, it was it it was very back and forth at first, um, but Muniz, uh, like Taylor, went for a um, yeah, went he 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 took um Muniz down, took Muniz down, was throwing a lot of ground and pound. Um, Muniz got up. Taylor went for another throw, but Muniz was able to take Taylor's back. And, um, yo, once he had the back, he, he sunk in a rear naked choke. Ooh. Like, it was a rear naked choke, a bit of a neck crank as well, I feel. And, um, yeah, there was nothing for Taylor to do but tap. And, uh, Muniz... Muniz got a really good victory. Uh, so then we had Derek Mina against Herbert Burns, the brother, the younger brother of Gilbert Burns. And um, yo, so Derek is, uh, you know, he had, uh, I think, 31 fights. Uh, you know, he, he was well versed in his submission game um but yo herbert burns you know it, it, it just going from gilbert you knew that his ground game was um pretty tight now minna came out really hard came out hard um took it to burns really did really took it to him took him down uh, was going for ground and power, was going for submissions, but Burns was able to, um, you know, he, he was able to move with the flow, counter everything that was thrown at him. Uh, like, he, it was clear, though, that he was very happy to stay on his back, which, you, you know, I mean, go, like, you thought, oh, this could be problematic. Um, and uh, Mina tried to get him with a um, a submission. Um, Burns countered, threw up his legs, 
for a um a triangle Mina avoided that left his arm in though so Burns kept a hold of the arm threw up the triangle again pulled him down with the arm tightened up the triangle and oh that was that was it he pulled the head down and um yeah there was nothing for Mina to do but tap oh man like two fights with um quick submissions both Munez and Burns looked very good on the ground like you know you you kind of feel that these two are probably looking like they're getting a contract next up was Luceria Ria and Marilla Santos um so in the first round Ria looked pretty good um she was throwing a lot of kicks a lot of punches kind of holding Santos off uh round two Santos came back came back landing some heavy heavy shots and um yeah, going into the third round, Rhea looked really tired, like really tired, and you just think, oh, like a few good punches and she could be done, uh, Santos landed a lot of heavy punches on Rhea going into the third, uh, but Rhea was able to stay on her feet, um, yeah, like, Rhea got Santos down, but, you know, she was so tired, didn't really do anything, and, um, yeah, this went to a decision, and, um, yo, Rhea got the decision, it, it was a tricky one, because, you know, Santos really turned it on, um, like, in the, you know, she came back in the second, and you kind of feel she dominated the third, even though she was taken down. One problem for Santos was, like, in the first round, she was really happy to be on her back. You know, really happy to be on her back. Didn't make much of an effort to get up. Um, and there was, like, I think she did it in the second round as well. So... You, you wonder if this played in the judge's mind when they handed out the decision. Um, but, yeah, like, Rhea got the win, but definitely needs to work on her stamina. And, you know, when the fight was going against her, she did start to get a bit sloppy. So, um,. Yeah, I like. I don't think she is. You know, watching it, I didn't think she was going to get a contract. So then, the last fight of the night was Omar Antonio Morales against Harvey Park, and um, oh god damn it! Like Park came out hard. Like Park was the LFA champion, so. He, he he came out hard, arms down, you know, just looking to take Antonios out. Uh, 
Yeah, he he was. Um, it, you know, he didn't really seemed to um, give any respect to Morales's power, and yeah, just coming forward, throwing. Like Morales was showing some good defense. Um, you know, just trying to avoid Park's attacks, throwing some leg kicks, everything like that. And this is, you know, this is what started the downfall come the second round. Because, um, yeah, Morales was throwing some good leg kicks. And straight away in the second, you could see that, Yo, the, one of the first kicks thrown really hurt Park. But Park was like trying to power through, trying to power through, still move forward. But once Morales saw that it hurt Park, he, um, yeah, you know what I mean? It was blood in the water. He was just going for the legs, throwing those leg kicks, really impairing Park's movement. And then just landing heavy punches. Um, yeah, this park was now stationary. Uh, so about uh, a minute left in the first round, first, second round. Um, yeah, Morales landed a really hard leg kick. Park just stumbled. Morales then followed through with a nice hook, which put Park. On the mat, referee jumped in because Park looked out of it, and Morales got a very good victory. Um, and yeah, from that fight, you thought Morales he gets a contract. So when um Dana came out after making these decisions, yeah, it was pretty much as full. Munez burns. And Morales got contracts. Um, he actually thought that um, Jay Perrin should have got the victory over Dwight York. Dwight, uh, sorry, Dwight Joseph. And he thought um, Marilla Santos should have got the um, victory over Luceria Ria. Um, but, you know, he, I think he, yeah, he, he gave... Um, some good feedback on the fighters and feels that any of the others could make their way to the UFC soon. So yeah, three contracts this week. Another good week of fights. Um, yeah, yeah. Not many episodes left now, right? But yeah, still. Uh, I think there's twelve. So. Five more, five more weeks. So, yeah, we will be back next week to run down episode eight. Okay, people, so, yep, we are drawing to a close, but there's a lot of MMA news out there this, um, this week. Alright, so, um, yeah, I mean, we all know Cyborg has left the UFC, 
Um, the weird thing is, she's now going about, you know, running her mouth, going that, um, I don't know, Dana White is this, Dana White is that. But the crazy thing is, she was the one that was lying. It was, you know what I mean, there was hard, solid evidence that she lied. Now, she can say for all she likes, oh, the production company edited this video. The production company works for her. It was up on her, you know, social media pages. So, for her not to... And also, the video was up for a good few days before she pulled it. So, you're telling me that she knew nothing about no, she knew everything that was going on, but she, you know what I mean, she was called on it, had to take it down and apologise, so I kind of feel Cyborg is full of shit, um, now, some of the big matches, so Zabit Magomedashiropov is going to be fighting Calvin Cater at the, um, yeah, it's going to be the co-headline for UFC Boston. Um, and I believe the headline for that is um, Chris Weidman against... Um, oh, God. Uh, man, I can't think of um, my man that's going to be fighting. Um, Dominic Reyes, that's it. Chris Weidman, Dominic Reyes is the headline. So, Magic. Mag so, Zabit is fighting Calvin as the co main, which is. Yo, that's a big fight. It's a big fight. You know what I mean? That, that could potentially rocket the winner within a hair's breadth of, um, you know, title contention. Uh, so, also. <coughs> um, apologies, people. Yeah, also, Holly Holm is going to be fighting Raquel Pennington in Australia. Uh, this is actually a rematch because Holm fought Pennington in Holm's UFC debut. She won it on a split decision. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this one goes. Um, also, also people, in news that I think a lot of people were calling for, Frankie Edgar is going to drop down to the bantamweight division, a weight class that many feel he should have been competing at for, um, for years now. And um, I think the hope is for him to make his debut on the um, MSG card in November. Which, you know, it, it seems like that is a good... Um, seems like it's a good time frame for that fight to happen. But yeah, all big news. Oh, and also... Corey Anderson, Johnny Walker has now been confirmed and that's going to be taking place on the MSG card in November. So, um, yeah, some interesting, interesting stuff going 
on um, the uh, the next fight card is um, we've got UFC's debut in Uruguay with Valentina Shevchenko fighting um, Liz Carmouche in the main event. And on Friday, there's an Invicta card. And I believe that they will be crowning a new flyweight champion. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be another fun week of martial arts and combat sport. So, people, we will see you again next week for your weekly update. All right? Cool. Check it in. Peace.